When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Monday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile, Giants.com. Because we're not on the app yet. They're still working on that, folks. So thanks for being with us. Of course, you can find the archive of this on the Giants app. The archive will be there and, of course, your favorite podcast platforms. I'm John Schmelk, joined by Paul Dottino and Lance Meadow. We'll take your calls, 201-939-4513. Guys, we already kind of talked about the game on Thursday. Lance had his post game on the radio. Paul and I were on on Friday. So we've hit a lot of that. You know, practice over the weekend. I guess we could do that very quickly. And then I'm going to ask each one of us a, an important question, I think, as we're really in the dog days here of, of kind of the summer ruff, and training ruff, camp. Yeah, ruff. exactly. Um, <laughs> thanks, Paul. You're Appreciate welcome. That. Um, <laughs> that really sold it. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. We were The jury was out a little bit until... Paul yes. threw in the sound effect. Yeah, yeah, we weren't quite sure it was the dog day. Exactly. But, yeah. but now we know. So, first of all, last couple of days in practice, Paul, I think the defense has probably had two of its better practices as we've you know had so far this offseason with a lot of pressure in the backfield and the defensive backs have been getting their hands on the football. So, I think you know the defense is really, you know, after a couple of rough moments on Thursday night, I think they really came out and, and has had a couple of really nice days of practice. I'd agree with that, John. I don't think there's any doubt that they probably had some uh, injured moments of pride during the game in Foxborough. I think we all know that, you know, guys are competitors. And when they have a bad day, they have a rough one, uh, you know, if they've got any gumption about them, and certainly the older guys, but then the younger guys too need to learn from those experiences. So you kind of expect there to be a little ebb and flow where there's going to be a bounce back, at least momentarily. And I think the defense has shown that the last two days. They have no doubt won the last two practices. How about you, Lance? Your thoughts? Well, I think this is a young defense, right, guys? We've been talking about it all offseason. For them to come out in their first game setting and all of a sudden look like they're a juggernaut, I think would have been an unbelievable surprise. So I was planning for there to be some ups and downs. You just hope that guys get more and more comfortable as they're in a game setting. Some of these young secondary players specifically will really start to come into their own because I think they're going to need them. I know Aziz Ojolari just came off the non-football injury list, and hopefully he and Kayvon Thibodeau will continue to get more work in simultaneously. But, I mean, I think in the early stages of the season, if they don't get that pass rush going, and granted, I know Wink Martindale tries to create the pressure every which way he can, but there's going to be moments that we saw in that preseason game where there's going to be corners one-on-one on receivers out on an island, and it's going to be up on them 
the onus will be on them to make a stop. So that's more of a reason why this is great work for this young secondary. The next two preseason games, practice every day. Throw these guys out on an island as much as possible. See what they could do. Get them comfortable because week one in Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill is not going to say, well, you know, this guy's only had X amount of reps, so we're going to avoid him and we're going to only target the other side of the field. John, I think you will agree with me on this, and we have not had this conversation, but I think you will agree. It's always dangerous. Okay, what do you got? Yeah. (laughs) I think both of us are impressed with how studious Kayvon Thibodeau has been. Right, he's well, very I mean, professional. I'm, I'm not in the room, but the no, way but from he, what we've heard he ta- and the way he conducts himself, the way himself, he talks about it, yes, right, very studious guy. At least the impression is mm-hmm. that he's that way. Correct. So the other night against New England, he did force an offensive penalty, which yep. was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Other than that, he was active, but didn't really have an impactful play. Yeah, he didn't have like the quick win off the line for a quarterback hit. He had a couple late wins where he kind of slowly worked his way around the tackle. I. I thought he played okay. So you and I are on the same page to this point. How he played, yes. And now here's the second part of my thought, which I think you'll also agree. Paul jumping off the mountain and asking John to follow. Go ahead. The last two days have been two of the best practices he's had. No, yeah, Tabor's had a couple really nice practices. And And I wonder if that's not part of his his nose to the grindstone mentality. Okay, I played in this game in Foxborough, didn't have any true impactful plays. And now I've seen him respond with two of his best back-to-back practices since he got here. Yeah, I think maybe that's part of it. I think, just quite frankly, I think the last two days, the offensive line in general has had a lot of issues. Well, no doubt. There's been a lot of guys, and like Dexter Lawrence has been living in the backfield. Um, Dexter Jaylen, Lawrence Jaylen had Holmes. a big day today. I thought he was bigger yesterday, and to be honest with you, Jay, but he had good days both days, no question. Mm-hmm. Jaylen, I think Jalen Holmes has actually had a couple <laughs> really nice practices. <laughs> He's been in the backfield a lot. Uh, so... I mean, Leonard Williams hasn't even been out there, right? I mean, and and I know the defensive line has still been in that backfield. All three teams, not just the first team, second team, mm-hmm. third team, all three teams. And you know, I think you know Thibodeau's been good. I think he's been he hasn't been able to figure out a way to beat Andrew Thomas yet in the one on ones in, in, in pass pro. Andrew Thomas to me has probably been the he might be the best player in camp so far. Him and Leo, probably I would say probably the the two best guys I've watched. Dexter's so far. had a really good yeah. No, he camp. has too. That's fair. No argument. Um. And I, Aziz Ojolari, to Lance's point, he's had fresh legs. Like you can see, he's a little extra burst. And right I'm sure now? these offensive linemen are like, you got to be kidding me. This kid hasn't <laughs> done anything for three weeks, and now he's coming out here, and he's flying know, around because he's I not know. tired. We're exhausted. <laughs> We're just playing a game. And Aziz is like, all right, let's go. Wait a and should we add how the temperatures have cooled off the last couple of days? Yeah. Oh, Ojolari. <laughs> If I didn't know any better, I would assume this is some type of grand scheme by him to avoid the really hot days at practice and have fresh legs. My gosh, it's really worked out well it for him. It was like a frying pan at practice for about the first two and a half weeks. Oh, it was horrible. It was nasty. Last two days have been lovely. Been phenomenal. <laughs> been great. And there was Aziz out there today. <laughs> no red jersey, finally getting out there to get to get going. And it was it was good to see him. And by the way, you mentioned the other day, I think, and I have to say it again, O'Shane Zimenez... It's starting to flash. Yeah, him, him and Quincy Roche have one or two speed rushes in every practice. They really they do now. Pretty good, yeah. And good for him because there's got to be a competition out there. And Ellison Smith, we know that at this moment, he's down. We don't know exactly how long it is. Uh, lower right leg to ankle. We just don't know exactly what's going yeah, on Brian with Dable, him. Brian Dable, you know, I, I learned how to, like, 
translate the Joe Judge non-answers on the injuries. <laughs> I have not learned no. how to do the Brian Dable translation yet. Lance, have you figured out the 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 Brian Dable non-injury answer translation machine yet? He's, well, he's extremely vague. He's not going to give you a timeline or a timetable on any player ever. He made that clear in the spring, yeah. and he's pretty much carried that out so far during the course of the summer. He is very generic. Very Guys generic. banged up, period. What body part is something? Guys are always working through something. Well, I, what is that body part? Do you generic, know, Lance? That's what and it is. It's way, a generic body even part. Even if it's not a body part, like I think that this this will explain it to fans. I'm sure they're going to get frustrated. They're going to call us and be like, guys, what do you mean on how long this guy's right. going to be out? This was, and again, I'm not criticizing the coach for this. It's his, it's his team. He can do whatever his he wants. Right. So, Remember, he did work under Belichick. Correct. Like, and Saban, yeah. by the way. <laughs> so Exactly. Basically, his answer was on this. Is Shane Lemieux, you know, is he going to be a while? Oh, you know, day to day. We'll see how he's been in the week. Well, do you think he could be ready for the season? I don't know. It's three weeks away. <laughs> <laughs> how can you give those two answers about the same player? And again, I, I'm not it's criticizing confusion. it. It's fine. Yes. But we are not. But the point I'm trying to make is that we're not going to have any hints as to who's going to be back when. You're going to call up and say, John, when is this going to be back? And I'm going to say, we're going to have to wait and see. He is truly the master of the misdirection. Like there Not just with the offense, but with his injury yeah, like, reports. There wasn't even an, an indication that Ojolari was coming off over the weekend. It just no. he, he just showed up at the press conference. And he, yeah. he finished he goes, it, walked off. Oh, yeah, by the way, Ojolari's working today. today. Just right. in passing. We had yeah. no idea. So in any event, just to, to finish the thought, though, it's really good for Roche and Zimenez with the extra reps they're going to get now off of the edge, even though Ojolari's back, but now Smith is down, those guys need to show out because there's quite a competition. No question. All right, and Lance, I think your answer, unless you have something else to add in this in this arena, or do I want to move on to my little show question here? No, I was just going to add that I know it's an interpretive sport trying to make sense of what Brian Dable is saying. My <laughs> takeaway, though, in terms of the three players that were injured yeah. in Thursday's preseason game, he didn't, though, seem overly optimistic in terms of his misdirection that they were going to come back within days. One I guess guy, I'll leave it at that. Did well, one he guy did, he said it. could be this week? I thought the quote was, uh, Tony, he said, might be back by the end of the well, week. Well, but Tony wasn't one of the guys that was injured no, in Thursday's correct. game. And so with the I don't Three guys, the three guys who went out yesterday. Well, wait, so hold on. Wait, let's, let's do it on Thursday's games injuries were Lemieux, Ellis, Douglas, Lemieux, and Flott. I mean, I'm sorry, right. Douglas, Lemieux, and Flott. Yes, right. correct. I those did not get the sense either of those three guys would be playing in the next preseason. And that's game. my point. Didn't seem like yes. it. Okay, so, exactly. we, so we all agree on that. Now, there were guys yes. yesterday. Yes, correct. And that was uh, Feliciano and Smith. Who we, I, I, I have no and feel. Ward. I have no feel for Feliciano. I don't either. Other than he ha must have stamina issues after missing a whole Maybe, week or so yeah. of practice. Remember, the, since he came back a few days ago, the most action he's been on the field was the quarter against the Patriots. Yeah, the, the guy. The, so he must have stamina issues. I have to believe the that. only guy in that group I would have any. I don't think we're going to see Ellerson Smith for a couple weeks. It did seem like that's a bit, but when he was asked about those three guys today, he just said, "Oh, they'll be all right." Oh yeah. So I didn't get the sense. That oh yeah, I don't think any of these guys are start the season on injured reserve. I don't think so. Candidate. Correct. I don't yeah. think so. No, no there and that's was about maybe, the best we can do. Right. There was a bit more exactly. optimism in terms of the tone, and once again, this is heavy interpretation on my part. But I didn't get the sense that 
there was as much of a down feeling maybe compared to the three guys that were hurt Thursday night. So, Lance, if you want to use that as a level of comparison. I'm going to make this – I think this can be your job during the season now, Lance. You can be our Brian Dable generic injury statement interpretation man. I'll be the whisperer, yes, yes. for Brian Dable. I'd be more than All happy right. to so, wear Lance, that cap. Lance now yes. has that job, so if someone calls up, I'm not going to get myself in trouble. I'm going to say, Lance, what do you think? Okay. I will put myself out there. I'm more than comfortable doing that. And we do insist that at some point in the next month, you do find the medical definition for what something is. I'm consulting right now (laughs) with the proper authorities. Yes, we're getting different interpretations. I may not have one definition for you, Paul. It could be various different definitions. (laughs) All right, so Lands Meadow Injury Whisperer. I think I'm totally down with that. Um, All right. So this was the question I kind By the of way, actually, one more thing on yeah. the topic. I'm sorry, yeah, go ahead, because go there ahead. was a big narrative. I don't know if you guys saw that yesterday or the day before. He was asked about Lemieux's injury, and he said it was a foot. But I hate to break it to people. The toe is part of the foot. Okay, right. I, I feel like there's this sense of confusion. Lemieux could still be dealing with a toe injury. Last time I checked, the toe is part of the foot. That's so just like, because yeah. he said it was a foot injury doesn't mean that Lemieux is not dealing with some type of a toe issue. He just did not want to specify what the injury is on right. his foot. That, that That's like saying if someone has an arm injury, well, it could be an elbow injury. It could exactly. be a right. bicep injury. It could be no, a but wrist did you injury. Notice, right? I, didn't, I didn't take anything from that. Well, Okay, I, I mean, once again, I'm not throwing anyone who's covering the team under the bus in particular, but it just seemed like the Seems coverage. Like you are. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm the kidding. coverage I'm kidding. I'm kidding. surrounding <laughs> this injury has now turned to, well, he clarified it. It's not a toe injury, it's a foot injury. No, he got myself, more vague, is what he did. Correct, exactly. He got more vague. He didn't give any clarification. <laughs> no, he did not give any well, and then I felt like, guys, have you opened the medical book? The toe is part of the foot. The very end of the foot is the toe. I just, I found it comical in terms of our coverage of the Lemieux injury has taken oh a turn my. that's like it's not that's a knee all. injury it's a lower body injury <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> guys we're reading too much into this stuff but anyway I, that well, was look, what i want you know to what it is yes. the, like like john opened that's the funny. show it's the dog days of camp and let me tell you every speck and every crumb of what's being said or every snap that's out on the field is being micro analyzed sure. yeah. I, I i don't know about you right now uh lance but for me this is just like torture. I just want to see the preseason games because those are games nah, you know what? and I can evaluate players. You know what I'm but missing? the rest of this is just killing me. You know what I'm missing right now? I'm missing not having the week of practice against another team. At least that gives you oh, yeah. another right. look at these guys against a different group. Right, right. So it gives you a different look. I was just saying that. More meaningful snaps. I think I was talking to Tom Rock during Media Vales. They were just chatting. I'm like, you know, Tom, it's funny. Like This camp... It just feels like it's dragging a little bit. And I think it's because we haven't had that change of p- pace with practices against another team. It's just the same thing in the same location every day, every day. And I would like, and you know, the preseason games are great. We got a lot of the game on Thursday night. But I always, and I always say this whenever we do the joint practices, right? And I'll say it again. I think you get a lot out of seeing your guys go against a different team that maybe has more talent in different spots than your team does. So, well, all right, well, we see how our pass rush does against our offensive line. Well, how does the Giants pass rush do against the Bengals offensive line? You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. so we can – and we look, we've seen this before. Like, for example, last year, I think we all were feeling pretty good about how the team looked, right? And then we went to New England. How that first practice in New England go? That wasn't pretty. No, it wasn't good. I always go back to when Tom Coughlin was here. We did our first um, joint practice against the Bengals. And we wasn't and, pretty, and, and, and we all thought the team was pretty good, right? 
And then Ty Leifer and A.J. Green and Geno Atkins are running around, and they're like, it looks like they're playing against JV squad. Right. It was a problem. So we, we haven't gotten that look yet. Well, there will be one on the year. 25th against yes. the Jets. It'll be one day against one the day. Jets. So that'll one be day next only. week. So this week, I would like I would like to have something this week to just, just whip my whistle a little bit on it. But we're not going to get it. So we're going to have to wait now. And it's a lot of time, too, between preseason game one, preseason game two. And my guess is that Thursday and Friday practice are probably going to be a lot of the scripted carded stuff. Probably. Getting ready for the game is my guess. So we might, I know this might hurt you, Paul, inside a little bit. We might only have like two or three really competitive practices left. That is Tomorrow, very possible. the Jets next week, then maybe one other one. Are you okay with that? Are you going to survive uh, that? I mean, it is what it is, man. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're trying to slog through it. Now, the Giants are at 87, okay? You got to get to 85 by tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Yeah. So they've got two more guys who will be jettisoned. By tomorrow at 4 p.m. New York time. Michael Jaquette was let go. Well, they parted ways with yes. three guys. Yes. Yeah, well, that's why day. they're down to 87. Yes. They were at 90. They got rid of three guys yesterday, got to 87. They got to get to 85. So two more guys are going to be gone by tomorrow. It was, was, was Jaquette Lance, the uh, Revis, Wilson. the offensive lineman, and Wilson, the safety, right? right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Right. Rivas was the offensive lineman, right. the undrafted kid from Kansas State. Right. But then again, the, the, the second cut is only five again. Right. Well, remember, and then I don't know why they put this back in. I don't remember, know they, why they just either. let them carry the, as many as they wanted until the end of camp. So whatever, it really doesn't make much of a difference, you know. At this point, if you can't figure out a way to let go of two guys, you got bigger problems. Let's be honest. I concur. I, at this point, yeah. I think you should know the guys that are kind of last on it. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. All right, so let's get to my question here. And I see we got three calls on hold here. So, Good. Um, should I even? Maybe I should save the question. We got three yeah. callers on. Yeah. How about I save the question? Yeah, we'll save go the to question. The and we'll go to the calls. 201 939 4513. 201 939 4513. And I am going to say this I'm going to try to limit people to only two calls a week for camp. All right. When we get back to the season, I'll probably get you back down to one. But for the next three weeks until the season starts, let's try to keep it to two calls a week if we can. And then we'll kind of try to evaluate where we are to start the regular season. That was Pearson's recommendation. So if you have a problem with the two calls a week rule, you can take it up with, <laughs> you can take it up with Pearson when he calls in. I'm, I'm trying to put more of the producer duties on him so I don't have to deal with that sort of stuff. And he's doing a fantastic job. So, Pearson, if people complain about the two call a week rule, I just told them to, to complain to you about it when they call and your screen. Just what he needs. So have fun with Off that. Off the air, more uh, conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 201-939-4513. Let's go to Rick in Tampa. Rick's up next. Rick, what's happening, pal? Hey. What's up, Rick? Hey, guys. How you doing? We're good. You know, it, it appears it's good about it, too, because in the past when we've had the one call per week limit, I've, you know, you know, I call quite a bit, but I forget, like, if I called Monday or that, and he'll, he'll remind you, go, no, you already called. So. Oh, no, Pierce, Pearson keeps a list. He's Fall on top of things, again. man. He, he was on top of things. It's like Santa Claus. He keeps a list and checks it twice. Except there isn't a nice list. It's, it's pretty much just a naughty list That's that he correct, keeps over yes. there. There is no yeah. separation, no yeah, line no. of demarcation. <laughs> Hey, uh, uh, Paul. First of all, the uh, the Yanks need to get their act together. Okay, uh, you know this 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 ten game lead's going to three games in a week if they don't uh, uh, start playing a little better. We're so. all Yankee fans here. We agree. Yeah, with we him. all follow baseball. I love how he only directs his commentary for baseball to Paul, <laughs> as if we don't follow baseball I, here. We 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 live I on do, a different planet. Yes, 
I know, I know, but Paul makes more comments about him than you guys. Was the Knicks? Yeah, John, I'd give you props for that more so. But Paul always says something. Uh, usually he throws in a tweak about I the I got Yankees. news for you. I'm still in a boycott. I, I am in a week-long boycott of Yankees baseball. You're boycotting? Why? I am boycotting because they make me physically ill right now. Yeah. I am so different. sickened. I still that see st- you and you make me physically ill. That's wow. not very nice. I did not ask for that at all. <laughs> Uh, no, seriously, twice last year, I went on a two-week boycott on two different occasions last year where I totally swore off Yankees baseball. Now, I'm keeping track of the result the next morning, but I am right. not turning the game on. So so, so, when's your week up? When are you going back it to was, the games? It was supposed to be up last night. Oh, but you didn't want And I told my wife, I said, it's very simple. If they win tonight, the boycott ends beginning Monday. <laughs> now, of okay. course, they got shut out. Shut out by those stinking, stinking Boston Beans. Made me very, very angry when I found that out. Pearson's smiling, by the way. So as far as I'm concerned, (laughs) the boycott now stays and will remain for at least another three days. Right. Okay. (laughs) Keep that going. It's okay because the Giants are going on, so it's not that hard to boycott the Yankees right now. It's yes. really not. No, yes, it's because, not. It be, because there's a lot of Giants football stuff going on on Sunday night at 8 o'clock that you're well, paying attention to. You know. <laughs> well, yeah. Remember, he's got two decisions to make, John. 87 to 85. This is correct. There's <laughs> some excruciating decisions that have to go on at the Giants household. Excruciating yes. oh, decisions. Absolutely. To find those two guys to cut to I get mean, to 4 p.m. <laughs> Eastern in time. Oh, man. Oh, so stressful. Funny. Yes. <laughs> I, I I I got a question for well, a couple quick things. The uh the I'm very it's very refreshing and I know uh you, Paul especially you have said about uh you know this babying the players the practices are not the same which we all know the uh like they used to be but uh it's refreshing to see the players um stable starting as players the uh, starters for the uh, uh, beginning of, of the first preseason game and into, you know, for, for several plays and for several minutes of it. Is that was that just because I see a lot of other teams have done that as well. Is that just uh, Coach Dable or, or have a lot of the other coaches embraced that same idea is that, you know what, we got to get these guys out there in some live, live action. None of this uh, waiting to the last preseason game. Is that uh, more so on him as his philosophy or is it seems to be what the rest of the league is doing? No, I mean, I think it depends on team to team. Like, I, I was flipping around yeah. between all the... Pop, uh, pop is killing me. Here, he's funny. Uh, I, you know, I was flipping around between different preseason games over the weekend, um, and some teams didn't play anybody. Like, I was flipping around, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, the Broncos. I was watching some of the Bronco game, Broncos-Cowboys. The Broncos didn't really play any of their starters. Dallas didn't really play any of their starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank Wright played Matt Ryan in Indy. I saw he got some serious. Yeah, he, he did. did. So, he did. Yeah. I saw that. What I did, yeah. actually, what I did over the weekend, I recorded all the NFL Network replays of all the games, and okay. I kind of just watched like the first quarter of each one to try to get a feel for the Jets. For the did games. Wilson got hurt? Yeah, Jets yep. did. Uh, Trey Lance did play for the 49ers. I was watching that game. I don't think the Rams played any of their starters in their game. No, he never plays. In no, Tron he never yet. does. So he didn't. Yeah. I don't think the 40. No, the, the Niners played Lance, but they didn't play their receivers. Like there was no Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk or anything like that for San Francisco. Um, Pete Carroll did not play DK Metcalf, but he did play, I think, his, his other younger guys. So, Rick, I think it depends on your team, the how veteran they are. Like, if, if the Giants were in, you know, Brian Dable's fourth year here and all these guys knew the system and they wanted to sit out a preseason game, I think Paul would be fine with that. You know, 
Dable today was asked, what are you going to do for your second and third preseason games? Two different questions. Somebody asked him about the Bengals, and then somebody asked him about the Jets. And he said his starters will play against the Bengals, but had not determined how many snaps they'll go, and said he hadn't even thought about how many snaps they might or might not play against the Jets. That surprises me. Because you figure you would have a plan, right? He said right now he's not there yet. And, And I think, to be frank with you, he probably is 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 in a fluid situation because he's trying to figure out where his team and where his players are and where certain decisions have to be made. Does the health of the roster impact? Uh, the it probably does. Yeah, sure. It probably it's, does. It's right now, because, there's a lot of guys that aren't available. Yeah. And 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 I and I, let me say this. And I'm speaking out of turn, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's a risk, but I'm going to do it. I think of the 20 or so guys who get are that not edit button ready, Pearson. You ready? Right. Ready, dump. Get ready to dump. Well, there's 20 or something <laughs> guys, right, who right now are not able to work. John, they're either yeah, on the side or they're very limited. Mm-hmm. I have a hunch that at least half of them, if there was a game Sunday, would be available to play. Oh, yeah, I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer to that, but I have a hunch based on what I see of them doing on the side. I, I got a feeling if if this were real games coming up Sunday, you wouldn't see so many guys on the injury right, so list Lance, right this now. Is good. So we have you evaluating Dable statements, Paul's evaluating... <laughs> Work well, with trainers the on hypothetical the side. of the yeah. roster. Well, at least it's an eyewitness yeah. account. Yeah, that is true. At yes. least I'm seeing guys huh. do certain things. That's true. The bottom line is there's no one rule of thumb when it comes to the Not NFL at all. in terms of who you play in the preseason, how often you do. Yeah, Getting back to the question, it's going to vary based on the makeup of your team. I think John's example was good. Continuity on your roster. Sean McVay, for example, in the Rams, they've been together for a lot of years. I understand Stafford hasn't been there that long, but oh. Stafford's dealing with an elbow issue. And, and, so, Lance, and, and Lance, the Patriots. I mean, the Giants correct, literally but that, played that's the Patriots. I mean, yeah. I mean, the Giants literally played the Patriots on Thursday. The Patriots didn't play anybody. Correct. But you could have argued, but see, I'm glad you brought that up. I would have argued Mac Jones, to me, would have had value to play right. because – you now have Josh McDaniels coaching the Raiders, no, and Joe you. Judge and Matt Patricia are yeah. first-time offensive play callers. I would have argued to Belichick, I think Mac being in there for a series or two would have been helpful. New scheme, new thought process. He decided not to go there. So there's an example of yeah. he didn't want to roll the dice, and I understand that. So, Lance, what do you think? Do you think Judge and Patricia do like a rock, scissors, papers between each play to see which one gets the call the next <laughs> You know, I was <laughs> talking that about works. that on Sirius this week, and I think they should alternate series to drive Mac Jones nuts. I think Patricia... <laughs> Patricia should take the first drive. Joe Judge the second drive. And then here's the thing. Or, I got it better. Patricia first down. Judge second down. Belichick third down. And then the decision to punt or go for it is a flip of the coin to determine what they should do. Or Lance, it could be a vote. You get the three of them vote, and whichever one gets two wins. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Or they could have the special teams coordinator weigh in to determine which direction they well, want to go. He would always yeah. want to punt, so you can't ask Exactly. Him. Yeah, that's true. He's biased <laughs> yeah, in these circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Rick. You got anything else for us? And, and the other thing is, and it's unfortunate because the app is down for some reason. I won't be able to listen to you guys after this call. Giants.com. So, uh, Rick, Rick, go to Giants.com no, no, no. on your phone. You can listen on that. Yeah, uh, all right. I, don't, I, I will try that, or I'll just listen to it later on, uh, recorded. But uh, sure. the, just, give, just, give me, just give me some peace about the offensive line, uh, because I really, you know, I think it was uh, they were it was going to be good is going to be good and better. And with these, some of these injuries, uh, you're just give comfort on that the offensive line is going to be okay. And also, uh, Tyrod Taylor, the way he runs. The scramble is different than Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is not a scrambler. Daniel Jones may take off and run sometimes in a, in a seam or something. Yes. But it seems like Tyrod Taylor 
has that elusiveness and yes. the getawayness that Daiball and the Bills have, have found they had with their quarterback that they had and seems to bring another edge to the Giants this year. And you talked about how the wide receivers say they have the, the freedom to, you know, break the routes or change the routes. That's not going to happen with the Daniel Jones, but it could happen with the Tyrod Taylor. So, well, I mean, I'm looking, yeah, 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 thanks, Rick. Yeah, I mean, I don't think scrambling has anything to do with option routes. I mean, those are no, two, com- those no. are two completely unrelated issues uh, that have nothing to do with another. Look, I've always said this. Daniel Jones is not – he's a good athlete. He's fast. He can run, but he's not elusive. Right? There are guys that are fast and that can run, and then there are guys that are elusive, and then there are guys that are both. Right? There's there's a difference in those skill sets. And and I think I think Rick actually hit that right. I think Tyrod Taylor is more elusive in the pocket and quicker and more sudden than Daniel is. But Daniel, you know, he gets moving, he gets a full head of steam, he can go really, really fast. So I think there is a difference in the way those guys utilize their athleticism. Well, Daniel's a long strider. Because he's got longer legs, he's taller, he's a longer strider. Oh, he also weight. I mean, he's probably what thirty pounds heavier than Tyron no question, Taylor, so. no question. Yeah, I mean. You know, Taylor, Taylor would be more of a halfback, and Jones would be more of a Jones is Rodney you know, Hampton, more of a tight Tyron end. Taylor's David Meggett. How about fine, that? You fine. like that? Oh, you're gonna go old school. I, okay, I, I'm trying to help you. I like I'm that. I like that. For you. I'll take it. You can go OJ and Joe Morris if you I'll want. I'll take you like it. That I'll take it. <laughs> no, but there, I, I understand. It, it, Taylor's more slippery. That's what it comes down yeah. to. He's got about 20 pounds on him in terms of the difference yeah, but, in that you know, ballpark. T- Taylor but, just has that side-to-side quickness that, that Jones does, does. At least in my opinion, doesn't have nearly as much of. Well, the other thing is, guys, remember, Taylor's been in the league for quite some time. I think also over the course of his career, he's learned sure. that taking off and running is not necessarily the most ideal option. <laughs> that agree. sometimes, right, you know, running left to right, extending the play, staying behind the line of scrimmage, maybe something can develop. Maybe a wide receiver can get open. So I think the difference of experience and philosophy is also what you're seeing in these preseason games as opposed to just the individual makeup of the player and the skill set. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Don't miss out on your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience Watching Giant Games world-class concerts in 2022 as a Giant Suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available, or you can place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. Rich is in Florida. He's up next. Rich, what's happening? Oh, thanks, Lance. Uh, first of all, kudos to you guys. Uh, you guys are absolutely the best. Fantastic job during the whole off-season draft. You're, you guys are absolutely the best. Thank I you. listen to you, you. Uh, every every day when I'm in the gym, and uh, my counsel, the young uh, Pearson, there, your producer, is uh, kudos for that two call a week uh, limit because uh, uh, especially keep good accounting when Charlie calls in and tries to <laughs> tries to abuse that. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, so, uh, if, if, if I leave the oak door open just a crack. Like he'll just blast it open. Like I, I, so I have to keep, I have to keep very firm rules. Otherwise, people take advantage. Oh, I know that. I know. I believe it. I li- listen to you guys every day. So um, now, I, now I outdate the, the I outdate the Godfather, Mister Patino. Since I've watched, I've seen every Giant game, uh, no matter where I was in the Air Force since 1961. So my concern is, yes, yeah. So my concern is these. Unbelievable plethora of injuries. So I have uh, two, uh, one, one concern that I have, and just if you could reinforce this, do the Giants have 
state-of-the-art physical recovery tools. Some of these colleges are absolutely have state-of-the-art facilities. That these kids, after a practice or after a game, go into these salt baths, cold tubs, massages, etc. Oh yeah, to recover their body. They have all that stuff, Rich. They sure. have everything they could ever want access to. They will ownership will give them whatever they want. They'll pay for anything they want, and they have everything that they want: cold tubs, hot tubs, you know, uh, immersion pools for rehab. You name it, they have it. Since the end of the Coughlin era, the last couple of years with Tom here, the Giants have invested heavily in all kinds of training techniques and methods and and apparatuses. By the way, technology, they use that GPS religiously to to manage people's practice reps. I mean, and and trust me, the last couple of years when Tom was here, it was kind of hard for him to swallow a lot of these things, but he adapted to it because he knew he had to. The NFL was moving into another millennium. And since that time, every single one of these coaches, despite the Giants having a very rocky road, have all gone very heavily into allowing the trainers and the medical staff to do whatever techniques they need to do. The bad news is the Giants still become uh, top the injury list, it seems like, every season. And they've switched strength and conditioning staffs. I mean, they've, 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 made, they've done it all they can. It's just been a run of bad luck, or you're just drafting guys that tend to be more injury-prone. Well, and you also have yeah. specialists, too, that some of these players go to on their own, depending on their right. weekly schedules, in addition to what the team provides. That's also important to know. And here's the other thing. Look at the injuries. What are you going to do? You're Shane Lemieux. You get a foot injury. I mean, you can strengthen that only so much. If somebody steps on you during a game, all right, and it breaks in the wrong angle or whatever it may be, there's only so much preparation, guys, that you could do to prevent something like that. So I think that's important to note as well. I don't want to bring another team into this, but how do you think the Jets feel? Zach Wilson had a non-contact injury the other day on the turf in Philadelphia. Dude, just go out of bounds. (laughs) You know? I mean, well, I'm with you, but the point is (laughs) he was not not contacted, and that that knee just all of a sudden, boom, torn meniscus. He he cut. He tried to cut on the right leg, and it popped. I mean, and there's nobody to blame for that. No. Honestly. No, there isn't anyone to blame. I, I, I can't tell you how bad I feel for the kid. And, and But this is this is the nature of what's going on these days. Thank goodness it's only meniscus for him, and it's not like an ACL oh, or something like that. Geez. Well, well they, they hope they it's still, not as bad. they, they got to go still figure it surgery, out. yeah. Lance, oh, when is that well, surgery going to be, by the way? That, that, well, he's out in L.A. with Makai Becton, actually. Both of them oh, okay. are at the same place. So, I mean, he should be having the surgery, I'd say, within the next day or two. Two-for-one discount out there for the Jets? I can't tell you whether or not the Jets got a discount. <laughs> I don't know. My sources have not told me that. But the fact that they're conveniently in the both spot means at least they're being taken care of of one of the most predominant doctors out in L.A. Lance, I'm also putting you in charge of health care costs. Rich, what else do you have? Yes. <laughs> That's part of the salary okay, so, cap, so we have to be on top of that, yeah. So I was, Paul, I, I appreciate that. I was aware that, that the science and the, and the medicine they've applied to that, and I appreciate that. But, but my concern is, again, seeing all these games for all these years, it's just uncanny the, the amount of injury. So they've, they've applied the science, they've applied the medicine, doesn't seem to work. Now, here's some interesting stats I got today uh, from the NFL. Now, these are injuries reported in the 20, 2020 to 21 season. I'll be advised that's the COVID season. So you got, I couldn't get anything uh, relative to today because I'm concerned about how the Giants stack up compared to other teams at this junction of two weeks of training camp, one preseason game. So in 2021, there were 3,025 injuries reported in the NFL. 19% of those were 
uh, in the first four weeks of the regular season, and this, I think, is an interesting stat, 53%, I say again, 53% of the injuries were in the preseason weeks one through four. Well, that's not surprising, Rich, and the reason reason is – they don't – I mean, you're not going to have during the regular season maybe two or three practices the whole regular season that are as physical as the practices you have in camp. That's why they're wearing those Guardian helmets at training camp because this right. is by far when these players get worked the most, to be quite honest with you, is in training camp when you have these full contact practices, you have guys in pads. I mean, I'm not going to say the regular season practices are walkthroughs, but they certainly aren't to the physicality – and even full speed, a lot of them, than to, to what you're having here in the summer. You also have to understand, remember, a lot of these teams, the last time they played was January, early January. Right. If you don't go deep in the postseason, you're talking about months upon months of being off. Then all of a sudden you ramp it up in training camp. If guys don't take care of themselves very well and they're not used to the physicality like anything else, you got to build those calluses up. Guys are going to get hurt. I mean, that's just the nature of the schedule during the course of the offseason. You know, Carl Banks always – I was just going to say this. Carl Banks used to say all the time to me that he did think that the year-round off-season programs and the two-a-days was probably too brutal on the players. And Carl used to say, you know, I, I can't blame them for wanting to dial it back a bit. But here's the problem. When you dial it back as much as you have, you don't get to toughen those calluses to take a phrase out of Lance's book. And now, look what look what look what becomes of it, okay? Look what becomes of it, because your entire off-season program is so watered down, and your training camp is so watered down. Even these minimally tough practices that they're having, guys are getting hurt and they're getting knocked out of the lineup left and right. I'm sorry, but there should have been a middle ground somewhere. Maybe maybe they were a little too tough in those days. Hell, Parcells used to sometimes run three a days. Okay, maybe that was too tough, but year round, there should have been a middle ground somewhere so that you can still toughen those calluses and not put these guys in such a soft position where any physicality is going to knock them out. Rich, finish up. What else you got? Well, I just a good point, Paul, and I'm sure they're doing analytics on comparing. You know, like I said, I go back to 1961. I cannot remember when you got 25 guys you know, out of 99 that are injured with mostly soft tissue injuries after one preseason game and two weeks of camp. You know, you remember the old Fairfield University days, YA2. There's no way. So somebody's got to be doing some, some detailed analysis. I agree with you, Paul. They've really softened it up. But if you look at data right now just for the Giants, and I like to, I like to see if somebody has to – how do the Giants compare with Team X at the same t- time frame in you know on the fifteenth of August, with all those injuries compared to Team X, they got to be doing that because it's incredible. Every year we cringe going through training camp that like last year we lost almost the entire offensive line, and here we go again with you, and then we got the rookie hurt. I mean, it's just as a fan for since all these years, it's just really frustrating, and I, it's got to be frustrating to the to the leadership, and that's my concern. Thank you, well, Rich. Appreciate Rich, the call. Rich, the other thing, yeah, and appreciate the phone call. 1961, let's also not forget, they were not putting a guy like Y.A. Tittle under the microscope like they are these guys today. Oh, yeah, today. those guys okay? were playing with, Correct. with broken guys bones Guys were playing hurt, exactly. There wasn't the whole concern over concussions and the technology. So it's really unfair, and I don't think it's productive, guys, to compare 
the trends in the 60s and the 70s, the 80s, even the 90s to the present day because the mindset of the team, the mindset of the player, the player's toughness to just, I'm going to play with a broken leg and I don't care about the repercussions 20 years down the road was very different. Well, yeah. So, and, and Lance, I'll add this too. I think these guys now, even compared to what they were in the 90s, the level of off-season fitness and high-level athleticism these guys are putting out there today, like, there's a reason the 40 times are all better now, right? Like, these guys are sculpted like they never have been before because it's almost like everyone is an Olympic sprinter, right? Where they're all thoroughbreds. So if you get a little something that goes wrong, boom, it's an injury, right? Where everything has to be working in perfect conjunction. If you don't, because there's such a high, you know, it's like having like a super fancy car, right? And it's like a Ferrari, it's a Jaguar, it's a high performance engine. Well, those cars tend to have more issues. You got to take them to the shop more, right? Because everything is so meticulously put together. When back in like, if you want to go back to the 80s, 70s, guys are working like part-time jobs in the offseason. They're like selling insurance in February. And they show up and they're not, you know, they're just not as fine-tuned back then as they are now and I think that probably leads to some injury where it's like you're dealing with sprint like you know the track and field guys in the Olympics thoroughbred horses where you know it's just it's 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 such like a finely tuned deal where if one little thing is wrong the whole deal won't function the regimen is different yeah too. exactly well but here's the other thing I think teams are overly cautious when it comes to a groin injury or a hamstring injury now, they don't want to put the guy back out oh, there 100%. and then have him miss seven weeks. They would rather say, you know what, take it easy, go to the side rehab, and then we'll bring you back in two weeks to yes. make sure that you don't re-aggravate it. So a I think groin injury, last, back then they were taping up probably partially torn ACLs and exactly. guys were playing yeah. with it. Well, but once they again, a completely different mindset. There were no yeah. MRIs. The technology, all that stuff. And the other thing with respect to the comparison between the Giants to other teams that the last caller was trying to make, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but off the top of my head, San Francisco 49ers have been plagued by injuries over the last few seasons. If you sure. remember, guys, mm -hmm. 2020, that was the Nick Mullins game. Remember they, the Niners played the Jets the previous week at MetLife uh -huh. Stadium? Niners are playing about the turf, which you were bringing up, Paul, and Jimmy Garoppolo went down, running backs went down, George Kittle went down, and... They came back with half a roster the following week. They won that game lopsided, but Shanahan and company have had to deal with that over the last few years. The Chargers, they've lost Derwin James, Joey Bosa, a lot of key players on the offensive line. The Eagles in 2017 when they won the Super Bowl, they lost Carson Wentz, they lost Jason Peters, How about Darren the Bucks? Sproles, the, the Bucks kicker. The last two years, Lance, they've lost a bunch of players. Chris Godwin, yeah. correct. Ryan My Jensen. So I guess the way that I look at injuries is it's not so much the volume it's A, how you deal with them, meaning the shape your depth chart is in, and B, how do you strategize accordingly to get through the season? Maybe there's certain games you don't play guys as many snaps, so you're very cautious in terms of the numbers, wow. so you survive the entire season. It's also are you a top-heavy team, or are you spread out? Correct. The quality of the players you right. lose, too, absolutely, John, influences the conversation. No question about yeah. it. All right, I, we, I, we'll get Cliff in here before we lose him. Let's go to Cliff in New York. He's up next. Cliff, how are you? Hey, how you doing, John? What's up? Good to hear you guys. I missed the first 10 minutes, but anyway... Um, I, I like what Lance just said about the injuries because uh, I'm feeling good about improved depth already. Well, I know we were only playing New England's twos and threes, but I was still impressed. I loved the way we ran the ball and stopped the run, and especially when, when Lemieux went out, 
a couple of guys came in that I had never heard of, and we were still moving the ball, I noticed. And uh, these guys might not make the team, but uh, that impressed me. And I was also, you know, last year we all know how devastated we were by injuries, but we were also, that wasn't what John Mara said in his famous 17 minutes in January, you know, he said we needed better communication and coordination, and I felt that coming through my, my TV. I, I felt like the coaches were really well organized. I mean, last week when I brought this up, John, you said, yeah, there was a synergy with the front office and the coach, the head coach, and and I thought we saw uh, communication between all of the coaches, and, and apparently something's getting through to the players. So I, I was surprised that even though it was an exhibition game when it was over, I said, why am I feeling so good, you know? I, I felt like we had just really won a game, and I think playing the Patriots was great because – if anybody has an organization where twos and threes were going to be something good to go up against, it would have been them. So yeah, I, Clive, I was, I'll just I was, warn you, I wouldn't take the result of the game too seriously. I mean, it really doesn't matter. Like you said, not one Patriot starter was on the field. So I would just be happy with what you saw from your team and not necessarily worry about the results, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't the, it wasn't the specific result. I just felt good about the whole thing. You know, I, I, I mean, when did I see us move the ball like that for the whole game, you know? And when did I see us stop the run pretty much for the whole game? You know, and I, I was a little disturbing in the, in the secondary. You know, I've been a supporter of 33, and I wish him all the best, and I, and I hope that, uh, you know, he can learn from what he did. And, uh, you know, I'm a little bit more concerned about that than I was, but uh, Joe Shane made a point when he, when he went and spoke to Bob and Carl that uh, he's, the personnel department's going to be busy this week. So... Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. But uh, I, I think depth is, a, is uh, I think we're doing the best we can, and I, I think it was really important to bring up that there were other teams that survived injuries a hell of a lot better than we did. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Yeah, no question, yeah, well, Cliff. Thanks for the call. I mean, that was the main point. You can't just live in the Giants' bubble. You have to look outside of the league. So it's not just giving you 19% of the injuries went to the Giants. Well, how did the Giants deal with it compared to the rest of the league? I think it's always important to compare to another team. In terms of— well, unless, By the way, the other thing, yeah. too, is that more talented teams are going to be able to survive injuries better because they have more talented teams around the backup. Right, sure. if you're just hanging on here and then you lose one of your most important players, you don't have the talent around around that player that's missing, you know, his backup to to make up for. Then it's going to make things a lot more difficult. Absolutely, but I mean, I brought up San Francisco, John, for a reason. The Niners, to me, they're a team. They didn't just lose starters; they lost the backup sometimes sure. to the starter. So we're talking about you're down to the third string quarterback. Nick Mullins wasn't, you know, even necessarily the main backup, and. Well, you get him prepared accordingly. Wasn't the 49ers record that year, though, like 5-11? and 11? No, they didn't perform admirably. No way am I right. making that case. I'm just saying, though, I've seen them go out and win games, sure. okay? Sure. Sure. And be competitive and hold their head above water in years where you would think that they'd be demolished 30 to nothing every single game. No, that's fair. So I, I do think it says a lot about Kyle Shanahan's coaching and his ability to maximize the roster. Too. You know, well, that was the point. Hurt, as hurt as they yeah. were against the Jets, they came in and crushed the Giants. They absolutely game. did. And that was why I brought up that example of a game, because they had every excuse in the book, Paul, to not be competitive in that game. You know, I I, I almost don't want to do this, and I'm not going to make this very long. I'm going to be real short with this. This is another evil of the salary cap. When you have guys who are lost, 
for uh, torn ACLs for the season or blown out patella tendons or stuff like that, the NFL should have the ability to give that team, all right, if it's clearly by an independent surgeon says, this guy is out for the season, you're going to IR him for the year, he's done. You should have the ability, the NFL should say, all right, we're going to give you 50% of his salary back so that you can go out and sign some type of adequate replacement know, Paul, if you want to go get somebody. This happens during the year. No one good is left on the street. It, the point is you have a lot of teams who, because of salary cap restrictions and depending upon how much money is tied up in the guy who's hurt, they get crippled. It, well, that's why you have to prepare accordingly, uh, though. That's the point, Paul. I, 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 mean, I disagree with that. No, but Paul, my point is that I think the league, the no, league Paul, should allow you relief. No, but my point is that once the guy gets hurt, it's too late. It's too late at that point because no one's left. There's only like, there was one Dwayne Brown left, right? Now that Dwayne Brown is gone, if you lose a tag, let's say the Giants. All right, I'm not going to use the Giants. Team X, because I don't want to put anything into these into the air here. Team X loses their starting left tackle tomorrow. He right. makes. $15 million. All right, here's mm-hmm. $7.5 million to spend. Right. Is there an offensive lineman in the free agent market worth $7.5 million? Williams from the Bills. Starting for, was a starting right tackle all He's last year. He's not getting $7.5 million I'm for not, anybody. I'm, here's the point. The point is, if you're a team and you wind up getting a devastating injury well, so to a to starter go- who's making a lot of money, I would love to see the NFL give that team 50% salary cap relief on that particular salary so that if there is somebody out there who you either want to trade for or you want to sign, you've got the ability to try to get an adequate guy who can help you function. Yeah, but my point Instead most— Instead of taking a practice squad guy but who is miles behind the guy you I, have. I understand what you're saying, but my point is that by the time you get the injury, usually just the amount of talent that's left— is what's crippling your ability to add somebody, not necessarily the amount of money you have to spend. But the, And that goes back to coaching strategy and the whole point of the salary cap. The concept is to maintain a balanced playing field. If you start now giving all of a sudden additional resources to teams, you don't have an even playing field anymore. Number two, in the NBA, Paul, you could lose a key player. You have less of a roster pool. I don't see the NBA teams getting relief. You lose Kevin Durant on the Nets, and they did, right? They signed him. He missed an entire season. Well, I'm not what? crying for the Nets. I'm sorry. Okay, but but <laughs> let's apply the logic, though. Okay, I'm bringing in another sport where you go from 53 guys to 15 guys on an NBA roster. You lose a key superstar who takes up a boatload of salary cap mm-hmm. space. Can't you make the same argument that's a devastating yeah, blow? sure. Okay. Sure. We, so and I would. Teams, they got to make do. And I would make the same argument. Yeah, but my point is that you're never going to there's no, there's no one sitting there. KD that's number going, two is not out there on the market. Right, there isn't going to yeah. be anyone out there. I'm not saying there is. Gonna, but that guy, if that guy's out there on the market, you should already have him on your roster anyway there, if he's that there's, good. There's a, again, you could trade for a guy. You could you could always trade for a guy well, but, who's a bigger salary right, cap number, but if, but if you're strapped, you're strapped. Right, but my point, if you're at this point and it's week three of the preseason. I knew I shouldn't have gone here. No, no, Paul, but just listen to my logic. If you're at this point and you're a week three of the preseason and your backup at a certain position is so bad you never want that guy to play, why aren't you going out and signing this guy that's available anyway? Because sometimes you are so badly strapped that you don't have the money. Well, then manage your money better. Yeah, that's but that's the point of the salary unforeseen circle. The salary cap is such crap because what happens Every is if you get a guy who's hurt, has a salary if cap. you get a guy, a starting caliber player who has a big number. Who 
through totally unforeseen circumstances, gets hurt by the luck of the draw right. because Lady Luck says, we're going to hurt this guy and now you're going to get crushed. That's, that's not the fault of the team who was cap-strapped that they just got a $10 million a year player injured. That was not their fault. No, they but did, that's life, Paul. That's life. Okay, but if I can, can make it more, in if life. I can make it more equitable to help that team survive, no, Paul, I'm going to do it. My point, though, is that that team already had the opportunity to bring this player. Not in. if they didn't have money. Here's the deal. Yeah, but that's the that's deal. their choice in terms of how they allocate. They said, "Look, we'd rather have a good backup wide receiver, and right. we'd rather have a good backup left tackle." So we spent the money there instead. You understand what I'm saying? Like you're you're making that strategic decision ahead of time. Where all right, I'm going to risk having a poor backup that's at true. left guard. I don't disagree with that. Then a poor backup at wide receiver. That's true. That's your decision. So as why should we now reward and, and a that, team? And that's right. I'm not rewarding anybody. Well, what I'm, you what I'm to trying, No, I'm not rewarding anybody. I'm simply saying for the, for the competition of the league, what I'm saying is when people get devastating injuries that knock them out for a season, I'm saying to everybody in the league, this is fair for everybody, everybody in the league, I'm going to give you some sense of, Salary cap relief against that salary so you can get a more competitive player. I'm gonna and I'm being fair no, to everybody. I All 32 teams okay. get it. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back at you with one more question, okay? And it's a two-parter. Last year, the Giants lost Blake Martinez in week three, right? Right. They lost Saquon Barkley in week four. Well, Martinez two? was gone for well, the year. Barkley out of was the not. Lineup, though, okay, Barkley. so Martinez would qualify under my restriction. Fine. Let, let's say two. Let's say Saquon was out for the year also. And let's say the NFL gave Well, he you... was when he got hurt in Chicago a couple years ago. Perfect. Fine. Correct. Correct. So let's say the NFL that year wrote you a check for $7 million and go spend it. Last year they gave you a check for $6 million for Blake Seven, whatever it was for Blake Martinez, okay. right? Okay. What are you doing? Who is, sitting, uh, who is sitting as a free agent that you couldn't get because you well, didn't now have that, enough now, money? Now the burden is on your personnel department, not your salary cap guy. The burden is now on your personnel department to go find somebody who you can now fit with that check onto your roster. Mobile, my mobile. Here's my point, though. The, and it's up to your personnel department to either find someone who's on the street, but or you but could try to make they're on the street, or though, Paul, try to make a trade with somebody. Right, right. But it has nothing to do with money. Is my point. The point is that it has to do with finding someone good enough to there, help but you. But you may be able to find somebody. But because of their contract, because they're on another team making too much money. Well, that's only in a situation of a trade. I guess right, and that so- could happen. Yeah, but if there's someone sitting on the street, they're not going to say, oh, you're not going to give well, me $5 million. You're only giving me $2 million? Well, not, I'm not going to come back and play it's, then. It's not as much a guy who's sitting out as much as it is maybe you can make a deal for somebody who's making some more money. All right, if you want to maybe give, maybe give the team a trade exception. Fine. Do you want to do that? Or, or, I, maybe when is, you, or maybe when you make the trade, you have to send salary out. I will. I would be glad to find whatever we could agree to to allow these teams who get crippled by one of those season-ending injuries to give them some relief. If you want to come up with something different, well, I'm willing to. I'm fairness, willing to talk about it. You can always just go and renegotiate one of your contracts. Kick the can down the road if it's that important well, to you. you. you know how that winds up going. Though. Well, but but <laughs> isn't that fair that the team has to pay some type of price? See, I don't see, money? see now, and and I see your point. Your point is, if you're in such salary cap, uh, uh, in such a salary cap squeeze, you decided to be in that salary right. cap it's, squeeze. That was exactly. So the exactly. injury, so the injury, even though it's just bad luck, right? 
you are getting screwed because you put yourself in a position where you could be screwed. That that's your take on it, and Absolutely. I understand that. I I I understand the logic, and I don't think that you're out of line there. Okay, I tend to take the other angle that says, right. you know what, it's just bad for the league. It's bad for the teams. I hate to see totally non-bleem injuries, devastating injuries, hurt the quality of players we're putting on the field. It, we're looking at it just from two different angles. I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're illogical. But I okay. don't think I'm wrong or illogical no, either. That's fine. It's a totally different vegetable we're looking at here. Fair enough. 201-939-4503. Len wants to come on, Pearson. All right, let's go to Len in Columbia, Maryland. Len, what's going on? You got five minutes, bud. It probably won't take me that long, John. I'm 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 a little frustrated today. Len, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't remember a call from you that ever took less than five minutes, but I want to give it a shot. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, and, and that's okay. It's, I'm I'm, 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 just teasing you why you. I'm, I'm teasing you. Go ahead. I'll tell you why. I'm, I'll tell you why I'm frustrated, and then sure. I'll call you back later in the week. Okay. What do you got? No problem. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know what you guys are doing today. What do you? What, mean? what are you? What are you? Didn't we play a game on Thursday night? What What did you guys see? I mean, come on. I mean, this is nice discussion, but that's all. It, where you guys are taking this, it's almost off the air discussion. Did you listen to the show on Friday? When we uh, covered the when we covered the game and what happened in the game on the show on Friday, and on the Giants Huddle podcast that we did with Bob Papa so, after the game. So we're not so we're not going to we're not so, going to repeat. So if I said, if we're not going to Len. So, we're not going to repeat the same exact content for two consecutive shows. That's not what. That's not how you produce shows. And we're over four days later, too. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a well, we also horse. had our Radio Network post-game show, too, immediately after Yeah, that. We, we, which is on the Giants Media Pass yeah, podcast. Exactly. What, what did you want to tell us about the game, Lane? Yes, Lane. Please, go no, ahead. I didn't want to, I was, no, I wanted to ask you about the game. Go I didn't ahead. I can give you my opinion in response to what you, you said. How did you think Evan Neal played? I thought he was okay. Yeah, okay. okay. He was okay. He was, it, was, um, well, it wasn't I, great. That, it, it was okay. You, you know what? You know what? I thought he was just a little better than that. I thought he played a pretty good. I thought he played a pretty good game. I was a little more. Dis, I was a little disappointed in the rookie. Um, I don't quite have the con- confidence in Izudu, um, but I thought Neil was taking some. You know, he was taking some hits, and not not necessarily on your show. And I, th- I thought the guy. I thought the guy played pretty well. I mean, coming out. Uh, there was the balance issue. I mean, we knew that. There wasn't anybody who didn't know that that was the major, if there was, I don't want to even say weakness, because the guy is a tremendous football player. But everybody knew the balance was going to be an issue. How about the tight ends? What would you think? I mean, I don't think you saw a ton from them. I don't think this is going to be a tight end heavy offense, Len, to be honest with you. I'm not all that con- I'm not all that concerned with the current group of tight ends because I'm not expecting a lot from them, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Be- uh, Bellinger did okay. He made a few blocks. Allen caught that big pass at the end of the game on the game-winning drive. But honestly, they didn't necessarily stand out. Yeah, nothing about them really stood out to me. You know, Bellinger had one bad penalty I didn't like. Right. Yeah, but, but I mean, also, is Austin you know, Allen even going to make the team, Paul? He asked me a question about no, the tight ends. No, I, I understand, but like the point is, Len, you want to, to break down players yeah, that Len's may not be A on the people. roster, and B, we're going up against second and third stringers. So, I mean, how much of a takeaway are we truly taking away from all of this, is my point. Well, I mean, you got to take something out of the game. Well, well, why yeah, do you but you have to also game? put things if in you, perspective, if you, though. Do, if you can't have this kind of discussion about the game and about players... Why do you even play the game? You could do it. Your, no, 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 no
these players did anything in the game that changes our opinion and is worth noting, we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. You know what yeah, I mean? I okay. mean, you, Evan right, Neal me... against Bud Dupree is a much better indicator to me personally, Len, about what he could potentially do in his career than what he could do against Lance, the second string of pass Or, or Lance, maybe, maybe this Saturday we'll see him against Trey Hendrickson. Okay, that's fine. But, so then we have more that to operate, awesome. though. Yeah. Okay, that would be fantastic. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Okay, let me let me let me give you one more, and I'd like your response to it. Sure. Um, I, I think I think Daniel is the best quarterback on the roster, and I, I think he's the starting quarterback. I don't think Taylor is that far behind. Okay, I, I don't. And I, don't, I, don't, I frankly I don't think, think that's I frankly think here's here's my comment. I yeah. frankly think Daniel's on a short leash. Um, you know, if we're down thirteen zip at halftime against Tennessee. And the offense has produced 78 yards, uh, 84 yards, whatever. I think he's coming out. I would be very, no, no, may not, very... I'm not saying he's, yeah. he's not coming out permanently. I'm not saying he's coming out. He'll start, he might start mm -hmm. the next week. Got he it. probably will start the next week because he's the best quarterback on the roster. But as these games progress, listen, if we're going to win six or seven games with, with, with Jones, we can win the same six or seven games with Taylor. Thank you, what, what do you What do you think? Oh, okay. We got right. We'll Appreciate talk it. later yeah. in the week. Absolutely. Good stuff. I mean, I would much rather win six or seven games with Jones than win six or seven games with Tyrod Taylor because you're learning something about a younger player. I mean, I would right. be – I would be yeah. – look, am I going to say it's impossible that at any point during the season there's a change made? I'm not going to say it's impossible at any point during the season. I would be fall off my chair shocked, bewildered if we saw a – change a quarterback due to performance at halftime of game one. That would be out of this world. Lance, I, do you agree I with don't us on see that, that happening. Yeah. I think it's a very long leash is the point that I'm going to make. They want to give him every opportunity to thrive and analyze him to see what they want to do moving forward. You know who Tyrod Taylor is. You don't right. learn an awful lot about playing Tyrod Taylor out of the gates. And, and, and what have I said, guys? I'm not, in, I'm not necessarily interested in maximizing every last inch of yards or wins this year. That's not... Right. That's not my ultimate objective. My ultimate objective is finding out about what you have on this roster. You don't do that. You know, and again, exhausting all options to do that. Right. Exhausting every possible option to do that, Lance. Absolutely right. Now, again, you get to a point where, you've, where the front office and the coach have said, look, we've seen enough. We know what we got, and we're, and we're they're done with it. All right. Cool. It ain't going to happen at halftime of week one. No. I, I add one yeah. very, very brief remark, and that is please do not equate – whatever this organization feels about Daniel Jones at the end of the year by the number of wins this team has. That is not going to be an equal equation. Yep. It's not. Mm -hmm. Daniel Jones's evaluation is going to be a grade unto itself, and the Giants' one-loss record is not going to match that grade. Well, Paul, you know, me and Lance, we're on board with that. Quarterback wins is just not well, a good stat. I know you guys agree, yeah. but there are a lot of people out there who won't see it that way. Lance, you got final thoughts? You play Daniel Jones, it's a new system. If Brian Dable and Joe Shane want to know what Daniel Jones is about and worth building on, you got to play him, period. I mean, I don't really see why that's up for debate. I don't understand that logic at all. 100%. All yep. right, guys, good stuff. And again, if you want more on the game and what happened on last Thursday, go listen to last Friday's show. Go listen to the Giants Huddle podcast. Go find the postgame show. I'm in the locker room. Lance and Jeff are doing a lot of analysis back in the studio on the Giants Media Pass podcast feed. The, the, the postgame show's on there. So that's about... Two and a half hours worth of content on the game out there if you want more stuff on, on game reaction. So you guys can go check that out. 
And if you want season tickets this year, go check it out for 2022, 888-NYG-1925. You can lock in your seat for just 100 bucks. You get ticket savings, membership benefits, like exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, more. Giants.com slash tickets. We're back tomorrow at 2 for another episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live. For Lance Menno, I'm Paul Dottino. I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you then. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.